0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 447 for the 21st of Shvat in a regular year. Yesterday, we spoke about the dangers of sadness, how sadness is really detrimental, how it really weighs a person down and can be so destructive, really with pretty much everything in life, but uh, most especially when it comes to serving God, that it's very difficult, it's so much more difficult to fight against our uh, evil inclination, our impulses, our natural impulses, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling down, which, you know, it just weighs us down, and makes us feel ha- heavy. So, okay, so good to know, we don't wanna be sad, right? I mean, who wants to be sad? It's not a pleasant sensation feeling sad. Um, so how do we avoid sadness? How do we overcome sadness when it inevitably arises? Because we know, you know, all of us know we, life is filled with challenges. Life is not always hunky dory. Uh, there's, you know, there's like suffering pain is sort of like, Intrinsic to life. Things don't always happen. People pass away, unfortunately. There's sickness. There's until Mashiach comes. You know, there's there's just these things that happen that are not ideal. So how can we avoid sadness when we're living in the reality of this world? When we're living in this gallus and this exile that we're with we're within. So Today's episode is going to be the answer to that question. It's going to give us some tools to be able to overcome the sadness. And the basic idea behind overcoming sadness and how to get away from sadness is by recognizing that whatever it is that makes us feel sad in this world, like those things in this world that uh, we perceive to be negative, that we perceive to be painful, this is just our perception. Because ultimately, everything in the world comes from God, and God is only good. So, while yes, we don't experience everything as being good, ultimately, everything really is good. And by, re- you know, and we won't necessarily be able to change our perception, but even by sometimes, you know, just recognizing that this is just our perception and recognizing the fact that our perception is skewed, our perception is not. The full picture. Um, this itself can help. So, a famous example that's often given for this is like in the case of uh, surgery. So, it's like if ima- imagine if you've never heard of surgery before, you don't know what surgery is. Let's say it's a you know somebody from another planet or another country where they don't do surgery, and they walk into a room and they see this man lying on a table, and he's Oh, he's, he's bleeding and he's, you know, his organs are exposed and there are people around him, uh, who are cutting him open and, you know, pricking him and doing all kinds of things. I mean, seeing that image is very scary, you know, and it's, it looks like these people are harming him. It looks like that this man is, um, going through something extremely horrible, like a really traumatic, um, experience that, uh, that has no value. Like why, why are they being so torturous and why are they, why this like very sadistic thing. But then when you zoom out and when you actually recognize the context of what's going on and you recognize the facts that, no, these are surgeons who are operating on this man and it's actually in order to save his life and this is actually a very good thing and we're very pri- so privileged to have surgery in our lives the whole story becomes very different and then we realize that this surgery is actually a very good thing so the truth is in our lives everything is like this that we live with this very narrow perception we live with a tunnel vision by virtue of who we are this is how god created us and you know there's a big question that still remains with all of this is like, why did God create us this way? God could have have done anything. So why did he make it that our perception has to be so tunnel vision in that way? But for, but, for now, we're just going to accept it that that's how it is, that our vision is extremely limited. Our vision is extremely, we have extreme tunnel vision. We are like that alien who's coming to see the surgery and has no idea what surgery is. When in fact, if we were to zoom out, we would come to see how really truly everything is in fact good, not only for the good, but it is good. It's just, you know, we don't perceive it as such. And as we'll learn today, it's, you know, our perception is limited because we actually wouldn't be able to handle the full perception of, uh, of God's light so he kind of gave us sunglasses meaning kind of like this limited perception to engage with reality um you know in order to so that we don't really see his full fullness of his light which really ultimately translates into and this is like the craziest weirdest thing that's really hard to wrap our minds around is that in fact those things which we actually perceive to be negative are actually expressions of even a greater goodness, a greater kindness of God than those things that we perceive to be obviously good. Because those things that we perceive to be obviously good, it's like that's what we can handle seeing. But those things which we cannot handle, like the level of light that's coming from God, God has to conceal them in that way and thus we don't see them for what they are. So this is a somewhat of a difficult message to swallow as humans, especially because we, you know, we live in this world that is filled with so much pain and so much suffering. And the truth is when we read these, these words, when we, when we learn this idea, I think it's important just, you know, this isn't something that's in the Tanya, but I, I, I would like to add it in here um, that I think it's important to recognize that uh, we can apply these lessons to ourselves. We can apply it to our own lives, but it's, we can't really apply it to somebody else. Like if we see somebody else who's going through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering... It's, it's not really our place to tell them, you know, everything is really for the good. What you're experiencing right now is really the ultimate good, the best good. Because while this is true on a on a real, on a true, like kind of like objective level, uh, human perception is a real thing. And I think it's something that needs to be honored and respected. I heard a really, or I actually read rather a really interesting um, thought about this from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in explaining a deeper meaning behind why it was that when Moshe Rabbeinu first encountered God for the first time at the burning bush, he hid his face. And what Rabbi Sachs says there is that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu hid his face is because he knew that if he wouldn't hide his face and he knew that if he would have you know, looked at God in a more direct way, he would have come to understand too much. He would have understood the reason for all human suffering in the world. And he didn't want that he didn't he didn't want to get to such a place where he was callous to the experience of human suffering in order to be a leader of the Jewish people he recognized that he needed to really empathize with them and even though yes you know God is beyond it all and ultimately everything is for the good and is really good and everything like that that's not the reality that we live in we live in a state of exile where we do feel pain we do feel suffering and Moshe wanted to honor that he didn't he didn't want to not see it I thought that was really interesting, uh, but that's that's sort of a side note to today's message. And so today's message, as we'll see, is really all about uh, giving us, giving every individual something to meditate upon when they are in this down state, when they're in this state of sadness, and they want to lift themselves out of it. How? What to do? What? How to how to do this? So for context, we are in the middle of chapter twenty six of Lekhutayamarm. And the ultra rabbi begins and he says, I'm going to give you some advice in order to, how to, how to purify your heart from any kind of sadness or any worry that's in, uh, of the world, like uh, worldly matters that have to do with your, with your, um, with your family life, with your health or with your livelihood. So, you know, the very worldly concerns, we all, we all experience, um, worry, we all experience challenges in these different areas of our life. And the ultraviolet is going to give us a remedy whereby we can actually come to such a state of living a peaceful existence, living a life of peace, living a life of happiness and not getting bogged down by these challenges that happen. And so how do we do this? So the altar of it says that there's a well-known saying that comes from the Mishnah in Masechet Brachos, chapter nine, Mishnah five, where it says, <speaking in Hebrew> so when a person recites a blessing, just as a person recites a blessing, when something good happens, we're also supposed to recite a blessing when something happens. Perceived as bad, quote unquote, happens, and the explanation that's given uh, by the rabbis for this is why is it that we're supposed to make a blessing when something that we perceive to be negative happens? Is because we're supposed to ex- accept it with happiness, just like we accept um, things that are openly revealed to be good to us. We accept those as happy, you know. Like like it's so easy, you know. Just kind of like explain this a little bit you know you ever hear people say like oh it's Hashkacha protest that's so amazing that that happened like I remember one time uh, I called a school you know uh, for my business I was trying to do a sales call and I called up a certain school and I I asked about the after school program and I said that you know I offer yoga classes for after school programs and the guy I was speaking to on the phone said oh that's so funny I literally just came out of a meeting and we we're just talking about how we need a yoga teacher so that's hashgaha pratas right it's divine providence we, we get so joyous and so thankful when those things happen but the truth is divine providence obręc. Isn't only just present in those moments, in those instances when we see it. I mean, it's very nice that God gives us like little gifts like that of times that we see it. But the truth is, everything is divine providence. When we miss that subway, when we're, you know, when we come late for something, when God forbid, you know, people get sick, and, you know, just there's so many different examples of things that are not great, some on a small scale, some on a greater scale to our perception. These two are divine providence. So everything is for the, everything is good. So everything is for the good. This is where that phrase comes from. Everything is for the good. It's just that it's not necessarily perceived as such to our eyes of flesh. Uh, why? Okay, so how is this the case? So good question, right? So if everything's good, how come we don't see it as such? How come we don't see that, it, that it's all good? Because there are some things, these things that we don't perceive to be good, but that are in fact good, they're coming from a world which is known as the Alma de Kasia, the world, the hidden world, the hidden spiritual world, which is above the Alma de the revealed world. So to get a little kabbalistic here. So there's, you know, if we look at the name of Yud Kavav the Tetragrammaton, which is the source, the four-letter name of God, which is the source of all of the worlds of all of existence. So the first two letters of that name, the Yud and the Hay, that they correspond to the Alma Diskasia, this hidden world, this, and they're the higher levels. Versus the second letters, the Vav and the Hay, the lower levels, they correspond to the alma desgalia the revealed world so we see that the revealed world is actually lower than the concealed world and so now to, and to kind of like you know explain this to us and uh give some some proofs for this to, to back up this idea the ultra says we see now we can understand why it says in tehillim chapter 94 verse 12. so that happy is the man uh, whom you God chasten, so that's kind of the simple explanation for it. But when you look at the Hebrew, it's when it says you God chasten, it says like that you bring suffering to. It specifically uses the name of God. That's the yud hey, the yud and the hey. So it's we say ka because we don't want to say that holy name, but it's the yud and the hey. So it's so it's a, so it's, a um, it's a reference to this hidden world, and that's why it's. You know, it's talking about a person that's being happy when God is um, is berating them. When God is bringing suffering to them. Then this, um, then it's specifically which God is bringing suffering to them. It's the God of the Yud and the Hey. It's this God that comes from this higher place. That's that this um, this this energy that comes from the Alma de kasya this hidden world. And now the ultra brings another citation that's going to take us to a deeper place with all of this. This comes from Shoftim. Uh, chapter 5, verse 31, um, where it says, that uh, those who love him shall be as the sun when it comes out in its might. And the ultra says that this is referring to those people that are happy in their suffering. That uh, So so they're likened to being as the sun when it comes out in its might. So what does this mean? Why? What's, what's this imagery all about? So, when you think about the sun, you know, we all know that it's not, we can't look directly at the sun. It's harmful. We need to wear sunglasses. Uh, so there's certain, the radiance of the sun is so powerful that we need to wear sunglasses in order to see it. So when a person experiences suffering, this suffering is like they're wearing sunglasses. When they experience it as suffering, they're not seeing what's really going on in a full way. But uh, so those people that rejoice in, in suffering, that see happiness in suffering, it's as if they took away their suns- sunglasses. It's like they're they're like the revelation of the sun. Um, it's like the sun coming out, basically. And so now, how is it that a person can get to this state? How is it that a person can? feel joy and suffering. So this is when they recognize that uh, that the greatest joy is in being close to God. And it's greater than anything in this world, any life in this world. Uh, as it's written in Tehillim chapter 63, verse 4, Kitov chastecha that your kindness, meaning God's kindness, is better than life itself. So you know, we spoke about this in a few episodes previous to this where we we're talking about this idea of, you know, that that a Jew would be willing to give up their life rather than bow to an a- idol, rather than renounce God, rather than renounce their Judaism, which shows that deep down, all of us, what we really want, what our ultimate one is, our ultimate desire is just to be close to God and just to connect with God. And so when we tap into this, then we realize that all of the, you know, the worries of this world get thrown away and we, we just, we connect to God. We connect to the deeper thing of what's going on because we recognize that really everything in this world is good, whether we see it as good or don't see it as good. And in fact, those things we don't see as good as we described are coming from this higher world of Alma Discasia. And so thus, it's like we, you know, we, we, we can find uh, joy in suffering as paradoxical that might sound as that might sound. And indeed, the connection that a person can experience, um, the, the nearness to God in this world, in this concealed world, in the Alma Descassia, the closeness that a person experiences with God in that world is uh, is infinitely greater and infinitely more sublime. Um, because, as it says in Habakkuk, chapter three verse four Sham Uzo that there his powers lodge, they're God's powers lodge. and also um, there's another uh, citation from Tehillim chapter 91 verse one that God hides um, sits above in a hidden place above. So meaning to say you know alluding to this fact that God is in this very high place above and it's in a place that is concealed, that's secret. You know, um, and so thus we can understand this idea that why it is the the reward that a person gets because it's, it's sort of like measure for measure. When we think about reward, it's sort of like this consequential thing that happens that when a person experiences. Uh, joy in their suffering, then they merit to have the sun emerge in it in its might. Um, and what this really means, ultimately, is that in the future to come, then we know that the uh, that the sun is actually going to emerge from its sheath in um, in a physical way, and also in a spiritual way. Like everything's going to be revealed. We're going to see actually how everything really is good you know so all those things that we can't experience now as being truly good are will be experienced in the future as being really good and that and the hidden world will be revealed at that time and it will shine really brightly and you know anybody who wants to get close to god uh can actually find shade in its um in its shadow so it's and this is sufficient uh, explanation for the understanding that Jarvis says in conclusion here, which kind of alludes to the fact that there's a lot more depth going on here, but this is where where he's going to get up to here for now. Um, but the basic idea, the basic takeaway from it all, is that ultimately. Everything is good. Ultimately, everything comes from God. We don't uh, um, perceive it to be as such, but we can try as best possible to try to meditate in those instances where uh, thing where life doesn't always go as planned. And you know, we can start in small ways. You miss your subway stop. Your alarm doesn't go off. You know, the ice cream store doesn't have your favorite flavor. Silly things like that. That you know, minor annoyances of life. If we can find a way in those moments to Accustom ourselves to saying Gamazula to Gam, Tova. This too is for the good. This is actually good. This is Hoshkacha Pratas, just as much as, you know, the fact that the other ice cream store the other day happened to just get in exactly my perfect flavor of ice cream and I got the last batch of it or, you know, whatever it is then the more we train ourselves to recognize that the way that we perceive reality to our eyes of flesh and blood is not the true reality and that there's much more going on and that truly everything is for the good, this will accustom ourselves so that in the future times when everything is really revealed, we will be able to accept it as such. We'll be able to um, be apt conduits for it all, and we'll actually be much happier people in general in our lives right now, because it's, again, it's all about your perception. It's like, there's so many things in life. Like, yes, there's some things that are really horrible, much, much worse than, you know, not getting your favorite flavor of ice cream or missing the subway, of course. And I don't want to minimize that, but as much as we can try to, uh, see the good, try to, um, recognize that there is good, even if we don't see it. And even if we can't perceive it, even just like saying it and like, kind of like a chant, you know, that like everything is for the good. This is all good. God is good. You know, I just can't see it. It's actually a higher good because it's coming from this hidden world. It actually will bring us into a better state of being and a better state of mind, and hopefully alleviate, alleviate some of that sadness. So that's the end of the section for today. And uh, we'll continue along these lines tomorrow when we start to explore um, how to overcome feelings of sadness in regards to spiritual things, like being self-critical and things like that, and not letting these, uh, these, these feelings get us down. So stay tuned for that, and I'll speak to you then.